The Goop Duck crew heads out to the Crooked Can Brewing Company in Winter Garden, Florida to do another podcast. Their guest today is the Florida man himself, Mr. Adam Murray. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode right here on Spotify. Can you imagine yourself working at a Florida theme park? You get to work at your favorite attraction, maybe your favorite show, or what about working at your favorite restaurant? Then the Goof Duck Podcast is the right podcast for you. The Goof Duck Podcast covers everything that's going on in the central Florida area including the theme parks, where can you go find live music, and where does the Goof Duck Podcast like to go eat and drink. We are Goof Duck we do what we do. The Crooked Can Brewing Company is a proud sponsor for the Goof Duck Podcast. The Crooked Can Brewing Company is home for the Goof Duck Podcast and they are located in the heart and soul of Winter Garden, Florida. In the words from the famous Walt Disney there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow and tomorrow's just a dream away. Go check out all of the Goof Duck social media content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and for those amazing Goof Duck videos right there on YouTube. And now ladies and gentlemen let's get close together make sure that we all have a drink in our hands, you are now listening to the Goof Duck Podcast with your hosts Remy and Joey right here on Spotify. Enjoy. Welcome to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Uh, guys, you guys are in for a, a real treat today. Absolutely. Uh, we are live from Winter Garden, Florida. Home sweet home. Home to the Crooked Can Brewing Company. And uh, I am your host. My name is Remy. And my co-host, as always, is the Joey Mazant. Hello, salutations, family. That's right, guys. And guys, we brought in a very special guest. He has been a really good... <laughs> Uh, good friend of mine. I don't know really, about very special. Very I mean, special. Honestly, the fact that I didn't have to refinance my house just to get you to come here today, it is an honor and a privilege, man. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy with just a beer. That's very, very yeah, boy. Oh, I love a cheap yeah. date. Thank you, sir. Guys, the voice you are hearing is AKA the Florida man. Mr. Adam Murray. Adam, what is up, man? What's up, guys? Thank, thank you so much for having me, dude. Anytime. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always happy to do a podcast. That is so cool of you. Um, so, uh, first things first, uh, we got We have to give love to the sponsor. Thank you, Crooked Can, for... Uh, we got to hang out with... Um, um, the, oh, gosh, the, what's uh, the, the owner yesterday. Carl. Carl. Carl came out, said hi to us. We got a hug, a handshake, a beer. He took a picture with us in front of the logo of this place. And so thank you, Carl, for uh, allowing us to come back here and always use the barrel room and its uh, surrounding area. Um, it's your first time here. What did you think? Dude, it's pretty sweet in there, man. Like, I mean, the, just the fact that they have a Belgian quad and the That's fact awesome. that it's... It's, it's gorgeous. It's... it's it's not bad. Like it's a, it's a good beer. It's so, yeah, solid so color on. Love that. Yeah, so yeah. guys, we're drinking today. I am drinking the uh, the the Craft and Chev of the uh, the Coca Can Brewing Company. I am drinking the mix the mix dagger today. You can actually get that. What's really cool is if you go to any event that Crooked Can does, um, you can get their tap handles for around forty. Which and it, it, it sounds expensive, but that's about what those cost. But you can get their shirts for twenty bucks, mm -hmm. their hats for fifteen bucks. Um, they have Crooked Can socks now, which I thought was really that's rad. That's pretty cool. And um, I love that there's so like, 
the trees. <laughs> I love the trees. It sounds stupid, but no, not at all. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that. The whole the whole fact I moved away from South Florida was to get. A, I I loved that Orlando had trees, and this. I mean, there's like a park in the middle of the median. This. Is <laughs> so what what you might again? We we always have to preface. The majority of our crowd is locals, but for I have family. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I have family, you know, out in Boston. I have family all the way out in Las Vegas. That listen, um, Las Vegas but, doesn't even have grass. No, no, <laughs> no. They, have, they have brown laws out there where if you don't have lawn in your front yard, if you just do like what they call air quote Zen rock gardens and things yeah, like that, they got rock. They'll do lava rocks. They'll give, or, you, or they just... give you a tax break if you don't have to water your lawn because the water's so they'll, sparse out there. They'll do fake grass. Yep. They do fake grass or like astroturf, or they'll do. He's gonna uh, look for snakes and scorpions. Rock chips or or, yeah. or, or, or uh, uh, wood chips, like this. and then cactuses. But cactuses. yes, cacti. <laughs> cacti. <laughs> but um, where I'm I'm at an Akoi over here, um, a tree is actually the symbol on the flag for Akoi. Okay. And, so, and the reason why I didn't know what that was, I figured, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Apparently, a koi is the tree city. They love their trees to the point where if you cut a tree down without asking the government first, they'll fine you $500. You are not doesn't al- matter what the tree is? doesn't matter what it is. You are not allowed to remove a tree from your yard unless it has, like, termites or chinch bugs or something in it that causes it to be infectious. What, what about if it's, like, one of those invasive species? Like, Kudzu, what's, no? what's, what's that paper tree thing that is in South Florida that when you go to rip it out it, it injects seeds into the ground so it grows more of them oh shoot I know exactly what you mean it, it looks like it looks like if a sunflower went emo yeah exactly <laughs> what you, mean. Like you yes. touch it and it just feels like paper mache like the whole the whole tree feels like it's dead no matter how alive it is Oh, dang it. That's funny. But they're, they're, I say, I'd say get our fact-finding group on it, but we are the fact-finding group. It's we are the fact-finding Let's find it. Uh. I believe it's considered like an invasive species. Like, it, it's... I, I, sometime long ago, someone brought uh, a, one of them down here, and then, you know, it just quickly spread. Well, that was... That was- Kudzu does that, K-U-D-Z-U, and they brought it over here because they said, oh, it grows like vines. It makes things green fast. What they didn't realize is it basically chokes out the earth, and that's what makes it's, it green. It's like the, what is it, the, the lionfish or whatever that yeah. thinks is so pretty that now they're like, we need to murder them all. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember when it was like, did you know that to prepare the lionfish, it has to be done perfectly for your sushi or you'll yep. die. Yeah, so it's $100, and I'm like, but true. it tastes like crap. And they're like, yeah, but if I don't do it right, you'll die. And I'm like, then just don't do it. I mean, there was a time, I remember when and people were like, they they wanted them in their fish tanks or whatever, and they were super expensive. They're like yeah. fifteen hundred bucks to get this little fish, and now they're like, if we could just destroy the, the, the five billion of them that are out there, it'll be it'll be Sharknado we'll, five. We'll pay you. I'm oh, sorry, you mean you mean you mean fish. lionfish? Yeah, Sharknado lion. five will be called Lionfish one, lionfish and it'll be like one. a lionfish in the tornado. Yeah, they're, I mean they're like iguanas. Yep, the, that's I true. Mean, in the 90s, everyone wanted an iguana as a pet, and yeah. now they'll, they'll yep. pay you to murder them. <laughs> yeah, you go to Miami, it's like, do you want iguana shoes? Dude, iguana those jackets? things, I don't know if you've ever seen one that's been out in the wild for a long There's time. There's big as his table. Mm-hmm. This, no, 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 no. Dude, my uh, my mom rides, has ridden horses since she was like three, and when she was telling me about the uh, invasive iguanas that came to the barn, that she used to attend, I thought she was kidding. They're they're the size of gators. They're like six, seven feet long. They've got like huge spikes and they hiss. So, Ew. Uh, wow. My uh, 
my dog, we, we had, we've had Jack Russells ever since I was a kid, and uh, we had this dog that, it was the smartest dog I've ever met in my life, but it was also, uh, I mean, it was an alpha male, it very much so didn't give a shit about anything, like, it would, it would chase bulls around and herd bulls, like, but it was, I mean, it weighed, like, 15, 19 pounds, it was, it's a tiny little dog, All right. uh, but it chased this iguana that had to be seven feet long up a tree Ooh. and was trying to pull it back down by the tail and it's like hissing it and I'm looking at the thing like I'm not saying ah, yeah like, <laughs> you're on your own in this Just, come on like, oh I know your brain isn't that big but I know you're smarter than this like let the thing go that's rad yeah, that's he, amazing I mean that that dog I, I'll give you an idea of the ingenious level of that dog it, there was um we used to take it to this little store. Half of the store was a pet store, and half the store was a locksmith. It was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a couple, right? right. So uh, they had the locksmith had this dog that watched the the business, like it was just the business's dog kind of thing, and it had this like maybe a 50 foot leash that was attached to a table, and that dog and my dog Harley didn't get along. Uh, but what Harley did is he went up and like nipped at the other dog's legs and the dog started to chase him and Harley ran around the legs of this table until the dog got so tied up that he couldn't move. He's like, ah! Damn! And then That's a smart Har dog. Yeah. Harley went around and one by one pulled every toy out of all the other dog's cages and made a bed <laughs> in front of this dog that was Good losing Lord. its mind. Your dog is laid. a narcissist. Oh, he was, <laughs> he was brilliant but insane. Like, Rename him Caesar. Yeah. Render yeah, unto I, Caesar. So I mentioned the barn. I remember one day Harley ran away. So he, he used to just disappear. It, it didn't matter what enclosure you'd put him in, he'd find a way out. Uh, he was, he was like a Houdini in that way, but he, he was missing for hours, and it was the first time we started to get really worried about him, and then uh, we just saw him walking down the street, coming from behind the bushes, basically, but in the center of the street, and parading behind him was no less than a hundred dogs. He was just leading the pack like it was a fucking parade. Well, that's a bee. And... Yeah, well, I mean... So... He was walking on the street, and literally a hundred dogs were... I don't know where he found all these dogs, but my mom just stood up and was like, Harley! And he, he stopped, like, all the dogs stopped, and then scattered. Like, they were they were <laughs> in uniform, basically, marching in a line. Like, That's he was funny. here, and then it just, like, a V behind him, and then just this crowd of dogs just parading down the street as happy as they could be until my mom yelled at the dog and he looked up and then he ran and all the dogs scattered. He I've bolted! I've never seen anything like it in my life. There, there's the Disney joke, you just called a dog Bolt. Bolt! Bolted! Yeah. It bolted! So now you gotta name him Travolta. But was it, but he said uh, it was in a V. Flying V! Mm. Yeah, dude, it was, it was insane. Like, I mean, they, they were marching. They were just like stepping down the street and in... <laughs> Like, he, I mean... I'm surprised Harley wasn't a dachshund. I don't know, but... Wow. You've been, you been follow me? No. Clearly, they, they have some ability to communicate. Yeah. However, that may be, but... Maybe, see, maybe were, we're looking too far into it. Maybe it was just a long chain of, of butt sniffing. 
<laughs> you know? That's true. They, yeah. weren't, they weren't in the exact line. He, okay. was, he was in the center, and then they V'd out. And it, but it was, I'm telling you, it, was, it had to be 100 dogs. That's rad. It okay. was crazy. Okay, do y'all think maybe your dog was like the alpha for the entire group? And it was like all of his buddies like, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's just march you know, down the street. Let's I'm, just march. Coming from an Italian family, usually the guy who runs the family is shorter and smaller than the grunts behind him. Dude, so when, I mean, his so name you know, is Don. No, his name is Don Harley. When, when Har Harley's no longer with us, when Harley passed away, mm -hmm. uh, we had an, an amazing amount of people that some we didn't even know coming coming up to us and going, like we we lived in our apartment at the time, so when we leave, there'd be other people in the apartment complex or different people in the neighborhood that would walk up and go, "I'm so sorry about Harley." Like we, we he 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 that dog knew if he ran away for half a second, he could go to the flower shop and they would have treats for him. He could go to all the different places. He knew where to go to get treats from all these people. Like, he was not a dumb dog. That That's was, awesome. That was the really smartest. Cool. He hated, he hated, uh, he hated uh, Thunder and he hated Harley Davidson's. Ah. <laughs> With a fucking passion, he hated Harley Davidson's. How did he do during fireworks? Again, kind of like uh, my dog. Whenever yeah, there's kind fireworks, like, he, uh, <laughs> the, like cartoons, loud, loud noises like that. He hated. Mm -hmm. I, just, I don't know how he got along with the rest of our family, but somehow he managed. When it came to my dog, my dog, she'll she'll just hide under hide under our bed, um, under our beds, doing like fireworks, thunderstorms. But the one thing she did not like, we had the uh, the Roboto, the uh, the. The non-version of the iRobot uh, okay. vacuum cleaner. Yep. She'll run away for those too. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I see her. I see her tail wagging under the bed. I'm like, oh, okay, you don't want the the robot. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That, that happened to my dog one time. Uh, my the first house I lived in when I was down here. Um, just got him, brand new pup. And if you set a bottle of sparkling wine or champagne down, and it's hot. And if you shake it just enough and you set it down and you go, oh, I forgot some things, that cork will slowly, slowly wiggle, yep. slowly wiggle. It went, boom, he was sniffing because it was he thought it was food, he could smell it. Hit the ceiling, came back, smacked him, he took off running. <laughs> I, said, well, I didn't know where he went. He hid behind the couch. It took me four hours to find him because he was dead silent. Damn! Yeah, I was like, son of a, I didn't know that that was a thing I had to prep for, so I, noted. I think probably two of the most amazing things, I, I know this isn't a podcast about dogs, yeah, but yeah, it's a podcast yeah, about hanging fun. out and Yeah, yeah hanging out and having fun. I think two of the most amazing things I ever saw that dog do. Uh, number one, I, I came, I came home. My grandparents used to watch him when, when my mom was at work and we were at school. I came home from school one day to my grandparents' house, and the dog would get super excited, you know, as most dogs do. The moment their owners come home, like, yeah, you're here, uh -huh. and he jumped up. My my grandparents uh, had a, a very ornate house. They were they were millionaires and so everything in their I've never been but they were <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> yeah, my dad's a baller I'm living uh, comfortably <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to get back to zero one day yeah. like, if I could get back to zero that would be so nice yeah. uh, but so he wasn't originally allowed on the furniture at all uh -oh. uh, but they as time went on he wore them down and they got a little lax to that 
But as when I walked in, he jumped up on the couch and was super excited. And my grandma was like, Harley, get off the couch. So he jumped to the chair next to it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I see. I have to be more specific. Harley, get off the furniture. And he was like, Arr! and just slowly started whimpering and crawling to the ground. Like The fact that he could understand that, you know, to that degree. Of course. Was insane. The other thing was uh, he... I was walking him at a horse show, and there were two Jack Russells that were chained up. One was like barking at him incredibly, and I was like, let's stay away from that thing. Okay. And the other one was just like staring at him, and that's the one that I was like, all right, go visit this thing. And it ended up biting him. It oh. Bit him, it bit him on the leg. Uh-oh. Uh, like when I saw the dog lunge at him, I whipped Harley back, and it, it caught him on the leg within like a millimeter of the bone. Oh. So it swelled up real bad. He had a he had a cast. But he learned to like if he wanted to beg for food, he would just shake the the, the gimp leg. The wounded leg. Like, oh no. Oh it hurts so bad. And we would, we would give him whatever he wants. But after it healed, he started to forget which leg and he would shake the wrong leg. You know, like, oh, don't you remember this leg? And I was like, dude, Harley, wrong leg. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this what? Oh, he's, like, he's the wolf who cried boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, wrong leg. Oh, I cried. Awesome. Like, I mean. It, make, it, it makes me laugh, though, when I hear the term, because I still think, like, when, when people always say I need to get back to black, it always makes me think of, like, the ACDC song, and I'm like, so you're telling me. I've never me, heard someone say that. What's that term mean? Well, because if you're in the red, oh, you okay. owe money. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. back to black, it means you're back to the sure. positive. Because you think green would mean money, yeah. but black is money. But yeah, it that's makes why me... they call it Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're not getting it, but they are. I always think that, like, I mean, I'm old. Are you, how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, same at When's your birthday? July 9th. Oh, my gosh. July 17th. Oh, nice. Same bill house. Yeah, yeah. So you don't remember this. I feel left out. <laughs> I, used to, I used to joke and compare, and I'm like, ACDC back in black is the Scottish version of First of the Month by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I know, right? That's why they call me Reverend Joseph. Wow. I know, I just opened your mind. Oh hell. I've never even thought about that, but you're 100% right. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. back in black. It's literally, they're just like, we're back in black. It's like, okay, we're going to need to get our money when the time comes. At first of the month, oh, we need to get our money when the time comes. That's all it is. It's all, we're all, wow. we're all crying poor. That's true. Yeah. Whether you're Scottish or Compton, you're crying poor. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Compton, where are you from? So, Compton. Nothing says Disney like Compton, but we do need to come full circle yeah, and talk yeah. about the thing that Let's brings us the here. We'll talk about the theme parks, but so, we're here with Adam Murray. Uh, guys, you know Adam Murray from the French Festival. You know him from the Orlando Improv. He is Florida man. He yeah, is yeah. the Florida man. Yeah, we, we got a uh, patron's pick. We, 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 uh, no kidding. Yeah, we sold the most tickets in our venue comparatively to any other show. We got an extra show. We sold out or almost sold out all but like two shows, I think. So it was, uh, let's see, it was the four man. Yeah. I saw his show, his show was fantastic. Oh, he's brilliant, dude, I love it. I was oh, like, well, no, I know you from, you know, we, we are friends of friends of friends. Do you know uh, Gene McGee from Universal Studios, the guy that does the, he's the friends with the voice of Donkey. Um, he goes, you know where the Magic Mountain, the Magic House is over here with the magicians that all do open mic yeah, nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I know you from. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah was it the, the I keep 
It's in Gotha. It's over this I way. I keep Gotha, yeah, it yeah. the magic mansion or whatever, and he always corrects me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's basically it's a bunch of um, my buddy Robbie. He works at Universal Studios. Oh, cool. He works at, you know where a Sleuth Dinner Theater is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a show, a regular show there, Wednesday through Sunday. He does an hour pre-show warm-up for the main Sleuths thing where okay. he does magic That's and stuff. Awesome. And that was where we met a long time ago. We met, um, I was piano player at that and people would come up and say I want to sing I was basically karaoke but we didn't have a karaoke machine so okay. I played piano but that was where we did a gig together and I mean when you do as many gigs as you do I can't imagine you remember me so I totally am not even mad about that but um if people I want every we you know everybody needs to see what you do and where you do it where can they find you on Insta Facebook uh, Twitter the uh, the thing I've been really promoting now uh, has been my YouTube. I was going to say, that's the way so, to go. Mm -hmm. People can actually see you do your craft. Well, uh, not just that. Uh, at, at some point, like, I've seen people... I, I've, I've seen the trend go where comics are mad and they see a YouTuber who sells out the improv or something doing stand-up, and, and comics are like, but he's not a comic! At, at well, that old, that <laughs> I mean, old, he's funny, but yeah, he's not a comic. But That old adage, if you, if you can't beat him, join him. Well done. I'm like, you know what? If this is a, a great way to put put myself out there and to build a fan base, then fine. So that's what I've been doing. And I've been working at it, you know, real hard over the last maybe two years. Nice. Doing, Good. <laughs> doing uh, maybe a year and a half. I don't know. Somewhere in that realm of time, mm -hmm. I've, I've been managing to put out at least a video a week, if not more. So how do they, they find you? Are you official Adam Murray, the Adam Murray? It's Adam Murray Live, but uh, I changed it to that. It used to be Madman13LM because I did it like, I think I <laughs> might have made it before I started comedy and then I just didn't do anything with it. Yeah, don't uh, feel bad. I was punk uprising 911 for the longest time until all of a sudden I you, got out of high school. I get it. If you search <laughs> yeah. Adam Murray, I pop up. Cool. Because I mean, He'll pop up like right away. Wonderful. I think I've got like, I don't know, 13... Hundred and stuff, almost thirteen. I think about like right around thirteen seventy subscribers. Subscribers, yeah. good for you. Yeah, oh my cool. gosh, I was grateful. I just hit a hundred this week, and I was like, yeah. I, was, I was buying battles. <laughs> good lord. It, it took. It took. They say doing the first thousand is the hardest, and it truly that. is. Like, it took me. I don't know. It took me the better part of a year or more to get to like six hundred, and then over the course of the last year, my channel more than doubled. Nice. Wow. I got like a little over, I got a little over like 700 <laughs> in the last year. I got a quote with all the Rick and Morty quotes on my phone. You, know you, know, you know what? I like that ring that goes, my man. I'm like, wait, hold on. I have all the, hold so, on. So what I do is. Is that someone that just texted you? Yeah, it's from, I, I'm in a, <laughs> You didn't silence your phone? I did it not silence his phone, man. I, I silenced the phone, but I'm in I'm a group text. Guys, this is a podcast. Turn your phones off. Oh, so what, what happened? Wait a minute. <laughs> what, my what man. Is, what, I, what I do is I'm a, I'm a concierge for the city of Orlando. I take families to theme parks. Okay. And the one group chat that I'm in is me and all my coworkers. And anytime they're like, we help each other out. Hey guys, just a heads up, the Little Mermaid just went down. Um, hey guys, just a heads up, um, Winnie the Pooh uh, just is back up and running. If you have okay. a fast pass. Hey guys, hey guys Haunted Mansion has <laughs> crashed. Hey guys. And right I got now one. I just posted a picture where they were like, Hey, I just saw your photo and you look like Mr. Clean today. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally, that's really what you went out of. You went out of the way to tell me I look like Mr. Clean today. My bro pick. All right. Or you should do this. Hey guys, heads up, Rise of the Resistance. It's 800 minutes long. <laughs> well, that's the thing with Rise of the Resistance. Have you, have you been to Hollywood Studios? I, I, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I haven't been since they've added the Star Wars. Star Wars, Wars, Star Wars yeah. All right, so uh, I would love to. I, when they first opened um, the Avatar thing, I was saying I feel like that's very short-sighted because they've only made one movie. They've talked about a trilogy, but 
I feel like at this point. There he is. What's up, sir? How you doing? Hey, hey guys, we got a. We, we, well, another, there were, we have a. Uh, there, so we ran. Hey guys, we have another special guest. Oh my god. We have Carl. The owner of the Crooked so Camp Brewing Company. I've heard so much about you, man. I'd like to say I was the owner. I'm actually general manager. Okay, he's a GM. This is the guy that makes stuff happen. <laughs> right? Another guy, another guy sit upstairs and watch me. But. Props to having a good Belgian quad, man. Oh, thank that's, you. That's a, you don't find that a lot, especially in Florida for whatever reason. Yeah, that's like, a, we couldn't record the first 10 minutes because he was singing the praises of it. And we were like, well, we got to talking too much. I was like, let him get it out. Let him get it out. This is beautiful. So, guys, we had, we had the GM here, the Crooked Camp Brewing Company, home to Winter Garden, Florida. If you go Carl, to the homepage man, in the social yes. media, that's the dude who's in the picture with yes. me and Remy. That's right, guys. Dude, Carl, so man, this course, is great, man. Thank you guys coming out and hanging with us. We had so we much love fun. We had to come back with a special guest. Um, Adam is one of the. Uh, I'm going to plug you because you won't. He's one of the most famous comedians in Orlando, Florida. We're lucky enough to have him nice today. He's a uh, crazy following, well-known amongst the radio and the radio elite. 1041 plugs him. He knows all the yep. same people we know. Sweet. So we were talking, we were singing this place's praises. He's like, I've never been. We're like, bro. bro. This is our stop. This is our stopping ground. This is where we do the live podcast from because everybody loves the Crooked Can Brewing Company. It's a great day to come out. Weather's great. It's gorgeous, man. I love it. Yeah. There's a nice breeze. I love yep. the trees. Like, this, Listen, is... this is why we moved to Florida. You don't move to Florida for anything other than this mid-70s. I'm going to sit on my front porch. I'm going to drink a beer and hang out with family. Right. This is what Florida so, is. So, Carl, he had the, the free he had the free Oreos yesterday. Yeah. I got I to say, man, it smelled. Oh. He, he passed in the glass. I'm like, here, smell it. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's Oreos. That, that's yeah, really we, good. So, from now until the 18th, uh, the Orlando Beer Week, I guess we'll be coming with more, you know, yeah. different craft beers are becoming, For you know. Sure. For sure, yeah. We're doing, so, we're releasing another one today. Um, we're doing a... Uh, this one's actually a collaboration that we did with another brewery, but it's a uh, international brewery. Oh, so ooh. we're doing one today. It's called um, Suited Sailor, and it is a uh, collaboration with an Icelandic brewery. Oh, and nice! Stuff. What kind of beer is it? So it is a uh, robust smoked porter. Oh, that, um, <laughs> it's made with. Um, uh, Star anise or anise, okay. or oh, yeah, yeah. depends on where you're so from, how you call it, right? Yep. Uh, and then also with um, licorice sea salt from the uh, from the sea up there. So wait, wait, does, so does that it, is great. Does, does it take taste like black licorice? It's gonna licorice? have a black licorice oh, I'm aspect down. to it for sure. I'm down. Can we can we try it? Yeah. Um, also, I'm headed up that way to see if, if uh, Dre, my manager's got it. Uh, Tapped and ready to go, so oh, we'll be uh, in. We'll, we'll be in there. We'll, we'll see if it's ready to go. Awesome! I can't wait. Ready to go. <laughs> oh, we'll be at the bar. I promise. Sweet. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely be there. See you fellas in just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys enjoy it. Awesome. Likewise. That was all. That was epic. We get to be one of the first people to try. Heck yeah! A new quarter. Screw. I'm nothing against Disney, but this is magic. Disney magic. This is Disney magic. We hit up big time. Woo! That's awesome. Alright, guys. So that voice you just heard was Carl, the general manager for the Crooked Can Brewing Company in Winter Garden, Florida. Let's get. Let's get back to the. As excited as we all were. I think it's be, it'll be hilarious if it tastes real strong like black licorice, and we're all like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> we're like what is this? So here's the thing. Oh, this is You're good. talking to a guy like, I'm the guy who, do you know what Uzo is? Nah. Or, do you know what? Um, sounds like a robot. No, no, no. It's, um, um, what's the other thing you might know? Uh, Zambuca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm good. that dude who will pour it over ice, and do, my friends are like. you light it, and then, like, what is it? Like, put the straw in there and puff it out? I'm crazy. Like that's my thing. That I will be, pour. My brother used to do that. He Your brother to do that for a for a, a small portion of his life, maybe a year. He was huge into zambuca, and he he would have to order it and light it on fire and stick the straw in. Like 
It's a whole thing. I, <laughs> it is. It's like uh, drinking. It's like blink drinking. Take two. Shaka shaka shaka. Yeah. It's like drinking black licorice, but it's delicious. But you smoke it for half a second. Yeah. Like you it's, smoke it's, it? I put it in my you, coffee. You Really? You, yeah, I drink it in my coffee. Typically, okay. you put it in like a snifter like this, and you light it on fire for a little bit, and you blow it out, and you put your hand over it to let the smoke build up, uh-huh. and then you stick a straw in there without letting any out, and you suck out the wow. smoke. It's, I'm telling you, dude, it's, and it's then a you drink it. Man, that sounds like a heavy weed. I mean, good God. Hey, hey, easy, easy. I, I don't know what the... Go, go spo- ahead. I don't know what you're supposed to get from, like, huffing the smoke. Hi. But Hi. I, my brother loved it for whatever reason. I haven't seen him do it in years. Well, with the, with the last name Murray, I'm not catching any Italian roots there. No, no. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm like, uh, shortened for Murray Arena Nelly? Or? We're, we're, uh, Irish, we're, right? we're Scotch, Scotch, Irish, English, and German. Nice. Wow. Whole lot of people that hate themselves. Like, <laughs> okay, see, for me, I'm French. A lot of, lot of, lot of, oh, we need to fight. And then fuck a Let's little bit. Let's do it. And, and then, we can take our baby. Bring it. We can take our freedom. Eventually, it just leads to me. And that's that's awesome. See, for me, I am French, Polish, Welsh, and I'm actually a quarter Italian. Really? Not nah, my family. My dad's from. It's a lot uh, of great food. I yeah. know. Well, my dad's family's from Rome. I'm from Naples. I'm in. I'm as, as Dude, day goes it gets. Have you ever been to Rome? I've been to Epcot. <laughs> does that count? The, it does one, not. I, I I went uh, not this summer, but the summer before. Like I, the, the whole reason I upgraded my GoPro was to do vlogs cool. in Europe, and uh, dude, the one thing that surprised the shit out of me that no one tells you about, it is hard as fuck to walk around Rome. They're they're massive. The a lot of the places like around the the uh, what's the not the cathedral the, the, uh, the, the Colosseum the, the Colosseum. Colosseum around the Colosseum, there are these massive stone cobblestones. Imagine if they were all the cobblestones were the size of this trash can. Oh, good lid. lord! That's like Whoa. two feet by two feet. But they're all like shaped weird and sitting on different angles. I, it's the one city I walked around going, if I don't concentrate on walking, I'm gonna break an ankle. Damn, like I can, geez. I can very easily see someone breaking an ankle there. No, okay, I but get that. okay. So when you went to Rome, how was the food? Okay, uh, it was it was all right. It was it was my least favorite food in Italy. Bummer. But I got huh. totally ripped off by this uh, pizza place that was near the Colosseum. I ordered two slices of pizza and like a croquette and a, and like I might have had a beer or a bottle of water and it came out to like thirty euros. Wait, what's the transfer rate? That's like sixty five dollars. Holy holy! Seventy bucks. No, no, I thought you were gonna say no, 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 twelve no, no, bucks. No, no, no. It's like, it's like it's like two bucks for a euro. Maybe maybe two fifty or something. Okay, Joey, like, get, get on your phone and look that up real quick. No, no, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see that out. I mean, seventy bucks for a pizza. My God. For no. two slices and a croquette, and maybe no. a beer. No. I was. There was no prices anywhere. Of course. And what am I supposed to say? Like, I ordered, and afterwards, after I ate it, I've already eaten it. And he's like, "All right, this is how much you." And it was like a little place you walk in and, you know, point behind the glass and go, "I want that slice." It's not like I sat down and a maitre d walked over and I was like, "Oh, well, let me get you the thing." You know. Dude, can you imagine if you would have sat down at like a formal sit and dine? You'd have, my gosh, you'd sell your car to eat there. Dude, I, I think I think it was just a tourist trap, and he saw me coming and was like. I can say whatever He's I want. He's clearly not the one of us. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How am I going to argue with him? No. Let me ask you this. Was well, the pizza about this size of this glass right here? Was it, it was, a healthy slice? I mean, was it no, about this big? It, it was It was the size of your phone. 
Damn. Each slice was maybe maybe yeah. a little wider okay. than your phone. Okay, you know what? That's a strong pass for me. I would not pay 65 bucks for it. Well, like you said, he didn't know. There's, there's, there's no way. Some in a foreign country, there was no prices anywhere. I assumed it was reasonably priced. And I think the guy just took advantage of me. And was, what was I going to wow. do? Call the cops and wait? There's no way. I mean, while I'm in Italy, like, <laughs> the polizia. <laughs> I've got a certain amount of time to be there. I was, I was mad, and I looked at the guy, and he was like, "Hey." <laughs> oh, <okay>. oh man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that sucks. You see, bro. what, what am I going to do? Like, nothing. I mean, what yeah. can you do at that point? So it was the it was the one and only time I got really fucking screwed over there. I will say Florence had some of the best food. The one thing that really, the, the two things that impressed me the shit about Florence, uh, the David, which you've- Yep, the statue like, of David. Dude, I, I've heard, I walking in there and seeing that thing in person, I completely understood. I was like, I get it. Really? I totally, like, I have not seen a single representation of the David that completely, like when you walk in, it looks like a giant marble actual human. I did it, see it, I did see the David one. It once. is so fucking lifelike. I have seen they, there's a lot of imitations. They even have an, a life a several life size imitations in Rome or in Florence, and they don't do it justice by a long shot. You get to see the full on Bishop Hotta? Dude, they uh, they have it. Uh, the yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm judging by your your <laughs> gesture there. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you see the full. <laughs> they have they have a barrier around it now because not that long ago, some crazy dude brought a hammer in and started to attack it. One of his toes. Wow. One of his big toes is a little gnarled. Oh. Because some he was like a he was like an art teacher somewhere or something, and he just. Came in with a hammer and just started smashing. Wow. I thought you were gonna say a bunch of like Delta Zeta sorority sisters came up and were all mop mopping it to take like selfies. Like this is man, that's such a dude, it's, it's fucking big, man. Like the size of it is probably uh, like maybe that Burger Fi window. Good lord. See how it's like twenty feet tall. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say, I was gonna say the size of the the lamp post right there. It's, it's, it's a solid tall. 20, 25 feet tall, God. and it's wow. sitting on top of like a. Five and a half foot tall barrier. Like, I'm gonna Google no, no, no. the history of that. How like, long did it take him to make that thing? I don't even know. Years. One solid piece of marble. Well, that's that's the thing. Is like, uh, who is it? Uh, Michelangelo. Yeah. That made yes. That? You know when he he uh, he was a sculptor. Yeah. Uh, when he made the Sistine Chapel, which is the other thing that blew me away when I was there. Took him two years. Uh, wow. The Sistine Chapel was his first ever painting. What? Yeah. Wow. He, had, he hadn't painted anything Dude. before. And they were like. Who did we, he know? Nepotism. Who did well, he they, know? Well, they knew he was a famous uh, artist, sculptor, okay. and they were like, "Well, we'll hire you to do this." And I assume at the time, they didn't realize that different artists are good with different mediums. They were just Very like, true. He's, "He's an artist. <laughs> this is art." We, we we need someone to direct a movie. Let's get that kid from Happy Days. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the, the kid absolutely from Happy not. Days. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He, he, he can direct. How I don't know. He so, said a few words in the show. Such a nice dude. Yeah. So let's get let's get actually let's stick on topics for movies real quick. So I saw a movie last night with my with my dad. Uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, so my dad and I we had a really good conversation about this. Quentin Tarantino, really uh -huh. good film, dude. He's filmmaker, Ezekiel Twenty, a film critic, whatever. Yeah. Here's one thing. Are you guys watching all the uh, Oscar noms for Best Picture? No. No. Nah. Dude, have, have, have you have you guys seen 1917 yet? Yeah. I want to. Yeah. You've I seen want it. And you to. haven't. No. Were you were you blown away? It. 
it we finally come along so far in technology yeah. where the CGI and real life is almost non you can't tell the difference. Have you seen the That's making true. of it? No. There's a making of it on YouTube. Oh, oh my and gosh. And? Dude, it, like, I'm telling you, I know you haven't seen it, so right. you don't know what I'm saying. And I don't want to I do know, I, I, I know, I know history, so... No, 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 it has nothing to do with... Okay, it has... The movie has everything to do with history, but the, what blows you away has nothing to do with history and everything to do with how they made this film. Okay. Did you ever see Birdman? Yeah, I did. You know how they made it in one take? Are you they, telling, are you telling yeah, they, they, they made it in one take? In a war movie. Wow. They did... It's... Technically, it's like three takes, but like when I when I was watching the film, it was about two minutes in. Like they get up, this movie starts. They get up from a, tr they're woken up from like a nap at a tree. They get up and they start walking, and after about two minutes, when they walk in like a foxhole and they're they're walking through mm -hmm. like the the trenches, I'm like, are they about to Birdman this fucking movie? Like, are you <laughs> Is that what's happening right now? Wow. And, so the the whole movie, I was like watching, going, I want to see where the cuts are, because in Birdman, there's a couple of places where you can see, okay, they went behind a post and it yep. got dark for a second. There's a couple of spots like that, and there's a couple of hard cuts. I don't want to ruin anything where, no, 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 where something cool. crazy happens, and they had to do a cut just because it made sense for the story. But <clears throat> there's literally only, I think, two. In the whole movie, mm. there's two cuts. That's amazing. Wow. But so, when, I mean, there's more than that that actually happened, and they make it seem seamless. That's huge. But to watch the making, the way they, they take a, the camera, and they put it on a gimbal, and then they have, like, there's one, one scene in the trailer where they show him running, uh -huh. and there's explosions happening everywhere. Uh, there were people following him with a camera to a certain point, and then they, uh, it, it put it on a crane, and the crane followed him, and then Whoa. they took it off a crane and put it on another crane that's mounted to a truck, and the people who took it off the crane to put it on the other crane mounted on the truck had to be dressed like soldiers so that when the truck took off, they could be marching down the field while the guy ran to make it Damn. seamless. Like, they, I, I, they I'm did, blown. They, I'm blown away they right did now. They stuff like they have walls built into the the background that somehow disappear and go away so that the camera can move through it. Like, the amount of stuff that they did, they, they talk about in the making, they planned shots for like four months. Good lord. Whoa. And practice it. Like, if that doesn't win best cinematography, I'm going to lose my absolute mind. That's I'm, true. I'm a big fan. Yeah, of like, I really you, hope. You've seen it. Were, were, did, did that I didn't know that was one through? shot. It was awesome. But the fact that it was, like, that they had to go to that extent to, like... Dude, it's insane. Like, what's your part one? Cameraman A, uh, Military Soldier they, 3. So, because it was all, uh, because it was all, like, one shot, they had to uh, not only rehearse the dialogue, but then practice it while they walk because it had to the dialogue had to take up the time that they're walking the distance that they were doing so, so everything everything had so to be cool. timed so perfectly that stuff like that is what I miss about I was that guy in the 90s and the 2000s where when the DVDs came out yeah. and then eventually oh, yeah. the Blu-rays I would watch the movie almost immediately after I'd pop it on with the director commentary yeah, yeah. I love that stuff and I I I despise. I was, I was an early adapter of DVD too. Okay. Same here. Like, I, I, I bought a DVD drive to put in my computer for like a hundred dollars back when, uh, uh, like, you could only get like it was before Walmart sold DVDs, and when they did, they had like twelve of them. Yeah. You could only you, your choice was of twelve. So go ahead, man. 
And then it was a question of what catalog titles are they going to release on DVD? Yeah. I remember the big thing for me was... That was like 98? Okay, mid-90s. Mid mid-90s, yeah. I remember yeah. The, the excitement of watching Mallrats on DVD and then yeah. watching the director commentary, and now every time I watch Mallrats, I have to watch it with the director commentary because as much as I memorize the script, I can memorize the funny jokes oh, that wow. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes tell during it, and, yeah. I'm like, and I remember those, and I'm like, that's... The, the interesting thing to me is like some commentaries, like I want to say Goonies is one of them, where <laughs> uh, during the commentary, someone like gets up and leaves or shows up late, they, they said That's something funny. to um, the guy who was short round in Indiana Jones. They're introducing he, himself, he... and he goes, "Oh, maybe you'll." He goes, "What do you have there?" Uh, um, oh, he goes, "Oh, maybe you'll make that out of uh, machinery, Doctor Jones." And like the guy got mad. He got he he made a he made a reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the dude got wow. Got mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird how some people get caught up in that. Like, I mean, I spent a lot of time with. I mean, not I guess not a lot of time. Uh, I spent some time with, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, the dude, he was in the uh, that series of cop movies. He's known, he's a comedian known for like screaming, and now he's a director. Oh, um, Bobcat. Rock, Bobcat. Bobcat. Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait. He, he gets mad when people uh, like only know him for the Police Academy movies. That's not he, where I know like, him he's from. Like, he's I know. like, that's not all I've done. Like, I mean, he's done some amazing things. I like, know him as the seen... puppet rabbit from freaking uh, sure with uh, Nicky Cox and what's his name. He'd probably be less offended if, if he did that, but like uh, and I know I know Bobcat from uh, Hercules. He, he played uh, uh, he played Pain and Panic. Pain and he Panic. Pain. He, he's got that uh, that sci-fi show now. Oh. Uh, and but he, did you ever see World's Greatest Dad? No. No. Dude, it's one of the one of the best Robin Williams movies he made in the last few years before he passed away. Robin Williams was in that movie? So Robin Williams, it's called World's Greatest Dad. His uh, his son has an accidental death. Uh, he His son is into uh, uh, like autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, and he I have an in excess belt buckle tattoo for the same reason. He oh, you have an in excess belt buckle tattoo because of how does that lead to autoerotic asphyxiation? The lead singer of Excess. Oh, did that's it? How he, that's oh, how he okay. died. Yep. Wow. So the, his son accidentally. I just showed Adam Murray right above my D. Yep. <laughs> you did. You showed both of us your D, man. What the hell? I, I was I was all for that. I was like, wait a minute. What? No, 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 no. That's on Goof Duck. Adam Murray sees my hater blockers on. That's not belt line. That's fupa area. Uh, That's full on D right there. Yeah, anyway. I was like, whoa. Well, <laughs> Tell me more about being the world's greatest dad, though. He shaves, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> I love you, brother. So, uh, <laughs> so his son, he finds his son uh, dead in As, the closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he realizes what happened. And instead of having the his son get embarrassed, he writes a suicide note that is... Far beyond the the level that this kid could have written, because uh, I think I think he's an English teacher at the okay. school that the kid goes to. So uh, he writes this amazingly poetic suicide note, and the kid becomes like folklore around the school, and everyone, even people who hated him, were like, "Oh my God, he's so amazing and whatnot." And then Robin Williams has to live with the secret of fuck, none of this is true, but everyone loves them. Like, I don't want to rob them of wow. their love for this kid. Does he at least get to be Robin Williams in the movie? Are there jokes? It's, is he funny? 
I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of like, like it's kind of like uh, Dead Poet Society. Okay. Or, okay. Or uh, uh, really good film. What what uh, what dreams may come? Where it's oh. it's not it's not a funny movie, but it's or, so emotionally moving and so well captured that it's brilliant. So like, like so, Jack, where he plays the guy who ages yeah, too yeah, yeah. fast. So yeah. so it's Robert Williams. In I mean, a serious he's, role. he's hilarious in Jack as yeah. well, but it's also emotionally moving and it's amazing. So we. Let's. We, we started yeah, to talk about the theme park. Yes. That's <laughs> all right. We still got. We still but got. We can be out of time. But, but you know. But you know what, guys? Let's go ahead. We're gonna take a, a small little break, and we'll be right back with you oh, guys. We're gonna go grab the beer. And we're gonna That's take. Right. We're gonna get. We are gonna go get a refill, and uh, we'll be right back after this from a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Guys, we are live at the Crooked Cam Brewing Company home, Winter Garden, Florida. Yep. Uh, I'm your host. My name is Remy, and my host, my other host, as always, is the Joey Mazant. What's up, fam? And guys, our guest star is with us still. Honored and privileged. Man. Yes. What a good man. My boy can put it down. <laughs> yes. Got a little guy who can drink a beer and hang. Adam Murray What's up, is dude? with us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm happy to have you. All right, so, so we're, we're back. We've had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We talked about Winter Garden. We talked about puppies, and we've talked about life is good. That's right. <clears throat> but the truth is, <clears throat> the least we we have to talk about. It's funny when you realize how famous and successful your friends are. Mm-hmm. A dude that you drink a beer with, and then you check his IMDb <laughs> page, and you realize that you probably this should have came with a per diem. Like, like, you're you, you are you too got, good you, for you us, man. You got me a beer. That's that's all I can ask for. So tell us. So for those of you that don't know, um, Orlando is a very popular scene. For we are we are Atlanta's hopeful little brother. I would we, say that's true. No, no, yeah. we, we, are we are Atlanta. Of, we are Atlanta, Atlanta Square. We are the second the Atlanta. Is, is in, in we we want to be in Orlando, Florida. If you're not working in a theme park, you're not working, and that's what's hard. Yeah. So it's tough to get <laughs> a very job true. as a performer. If you're not performing in a theme park, then you're lucky enough to do an open mic night, mm-hmm. or you're lucky enough. So, the man who has broken out of the mold and made it is sitting right here to my left, drinking a. What, what are we having? A sailor's own? I don't, I don't know what this so, is. I don't remember what they call it. It's a this. new beer. It's if a you, brand new beer. Just came out today. They didn't even have it on the board. Yeah. And it's made with some star anise. Star anise. Yeah. yeah. The this, stuff that I make my biscottis out of. Well, star anise is what they put in sausage. It's the little yeah. tiny uh, licorice tasting. What are, I don't know herb that they put inside like, sausage. It, it looks like the size of a caper. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it. Mm-hmm. So, but I, apparently they put it in beer. But it's not overpowering. Like no. I'm not a fan. And of... And it just got tapped five minutes ago. We are not among even the, that. Yeah, we are the first people to drink this. Um, if you if you back up in this episode, you go back about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear us talking to Carl. He's the general manager of this establishment. He just brewed it and said, come on up and have some. And I was, so we are. I was a little skeptical because of his description about the whole black licorice thing. But I tasted it first. And it's not... It's a beautiful beer. It's not it's, a... 
consistent tastes, color. You can taste the caramel notes. It tastes, in it. it tastes more like burnt caramel than anything else. Well said. And it's 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 a beautiful beer. Like if he hadn't told me the whole black licorice thing <laughs> beforehand, I, I wouldn't. I might not have noticed. Known. Right. So the as we said, the voice you're hearing is. Um, Puppy father, uh, beer <laughs> famous Orlando comedian Adam Dude, Murray. Adam, tell us about how you got started, man. Who 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 oh, did you open man. up for that jump started the career? Or 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 better take, who influenced you to become a, a comedian? Dude, uh, it's not really a, a happy story. I, uh, That's all right. I had a uh, got a happy ending. I had a, a a tragedy happen in my family. Okay. That yeah. led me to go like, all right, this could be over at any moment. Uh, and I was like, I want to do something that matters more to me, or I want to... Originally, so, uh, I guess to, to... You don't have to go into graphic. Yeah, 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 you want yeah. to say what happened? Go for it, man. Go ahead. Uh, They're adults. My, uh, my cousins were the only two Americans seriously injured in the London bombing on July 7th, 2005. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, I was on my way to work, and, uh, the... When I, I used to listen to, I had an alarm clock radio that used to wake me up with things like Rob Zombie. Cause I, it was like the, it was the- Dragula. Like, yeah, not the best, <laughs> let's be honest, not the best way yep. to start your day, but yeah. that's the way it happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so when the, uh, when my alarm clock went off, it was like NPR. Oh. Like every, oh. every radio station had changed over to play the news of what was going on this is because the voice it was, of a voice, this it, voice. Was, it was unheard of it was, it was calming which I wasn't used to in the mm -hmm. morning which it didn't occur to me at the time this isn't the way to wake up <laughs> I'm <laughs> Rob Zombie and this is Prozac yeah, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> but I remember I had a I had a uh, it was like, you ever have a moment like you're you're almost nostalgic in the moment and thinking uh, you, you have a moment where you change your thought, your your inner dialogue somehow changes your being. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, actually, it does. I, I, I remember driving down the road and I remember 9-11 happening and I remember thinking I've met so many people uh, that th they were directly influenced by 9-11. Either they had family that passed away or they uh, fled New York because of it or something along those lines. Or they knew someone who had. And I remember thinking, I will never know someone who was ever directly affected by this London bombing. And it's only going to be a matter of time before it's not even talked about in the news. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's that's terrible and exhausting at the same time. Okay. And I remember thinking, that's... It's... I don't know. I can't think of how many tragedies have happened that we've forgotten. Mm -hmm. We don't even think about it anymore. And I remember thinking that, and then I remember that was like six something in the morning, seven in the morning on my way to work. And it wasn't until about six o'clock at night that I got the phone call that my cousins were injured in the bombing. They were in an unknown condition. And I wouldn't find out their true condition or whether or not they were gonna live or not for about two weeks. Good Lord. Uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they spent a lot of time in hospitals in England and they were airlifted from a, with a uh, in-air intensive care unit that went from England to Duke University. Okay. And a lot, of the, a lot of the best 
uh, medical minds in the country came over to do a ton of surgery on him. Like, uh, they, my one cousin Katie has a huge gash out of her arm right. where they took like muscle and skin and stuff to rebuild other parts of her body. Uh, they rebuilt her eardrum. Uh, Emily, they found bones in her feet that didn't belong to her. Whoa. Like human shrapnel. Good uh, Lord. They, the guy that was sitting next to Katie was vaporized. If he hadn't been sitting there, Whoa. they might not have survived. So, oh my wow. gosh. I went through that and I was like, okay, when you get on the subway, you think your only danger is probably getting robbed or that's pickpocketed, okay. something yeah, like yeah, that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You feel like the chances of that thing coming off the tracks or something like that have you. The chance of you dying on the subways, regardless of the city, unless someone stabs you. Let's just say less yeah. than one percent. Okay? Pretty small. It's not like pretty small. Yeah. So I was like, okay. The the old cliche of this could be over at any moment hit me like a fucking freight train. And I was like, I need to do something different with my life. So I, at the time, I was living in West Palm, and I was coming up to Orlando practically every weekend to do a, be a part of a car club. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move here. Nice. I, had a, I had a Trans Am at the time. Nice. I was building a twin turbo kit for it. With a, Ooh, I had was a like a 78? No, it was a 95. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. I had a, I had a th- built 355 LT4. Uh, and a twin GT twenty eight seventy one R turbo kit for so it. You're, so you're you're roughly looking about like what three four hundred horsepower yeah, I'd say at the probably, most. Probably four fifty. No, I was looking at seven hundred at the wheels. Good oh, God! Jeez, man. Hello. I, I didn't I didn't finish it because I started comedy, and comedy doesn't pay enough to continue throwing tens of thousands of dollars at a car that's worth like five. Yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? like, that's so true. I was like, all right, well, let me. So I sold a lot of it off to fund Comedy. continuing yeah, my yeah. career as a comedian whenever it hit a low point. And so that's why some of my YouTube videos involve cars, because that's ever since I was a little ever since I was a toddler, that's been an interest of mine. Cars. So, uh, originally what happened after that tragedy is I was like, alright, I need to concentrate on enjoying life. So originally it was like Let's try to de-stress. I spent a lot of time worrying about losing my job at the school district in Palm Beach County. So let's get a job where I stress less. And it started out, I took a job with Lockheed Martin. Oh, and I got. Yep. Well, no, 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 that's missiles and fire control. I was at the Rouse campus. Oh, so, okay, okay, uh, cool. That's, that's where like their their data stuff is stored. Okay. And so that's uh, on the backside of Universal Boulevard, right? I had a guy. No, 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 no. no that's Rouse, way, yeah. Rouse, and oh, like okay. Underhill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like over at UCF. Okay. Uh, well, like, uh, Waterford Lakes wouldn't exist if uh, they didn't sell the land. Oh. They used to own all the land that went from basically Colonial all the way down to the power plant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, I, I had that job, which was great until there was. You ever meet someone, and the moment you meet them, you know that they hate your guts? Yep. <laughs> so, this is Orlando, Florida. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was my boss at uh, at Lockheed Martin, and he he lied and said that I had fabricated a call, and it happened to be because we used to um, like we would take incoming calls from rocket scientists and stuff and help them with their computer problems. And I talked to a guy that had a 70 Chevelle, which is my dream car. Oh. 
1970 Chevelle LS6 tuxedo black white stripes with a four speed. This guy had a 70 Chevelle that he lost in Katrina. And we talked about it. And so this guy chose that ticket to say that the call never happened. And I was like, you're choosing the wrong one. Like, I remember this vividly because we talked about, like, contact the guy. And they were like, I guess uh, he was trying to say that I had typed in the employee number wrong and they couldn't find the guy. But you type in the employee number to pull up the guy's profile. All right. So clearly I had done that correctly. But anyway, the guy lied and said, you know, he basically ended my career with Lockheed, which is turns out to be fine because they had a hiring freeze. We were all temp to perm and no one got hired. Okay. okay. So, so Disney whatever. every third week. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Fine. I get you. Uh, so from there, I started driving a cab, and for me, that meant freedom. Okay. It meant that I, if I didn't want to go into work that day, I didn't have to. So it's a make your own I, hour scenario. That's yeah. not bad. Well, mm-hmm. it was 12-hour shifts, but okay. you just got to choose what days you wanted to work. And I was like, all right, if I needed a, let's say if I needed a mental health day, I needed to just calm down or whatever, I would just sit back and not work that day. Okay. I, I could work 20 days in a row and then just go. There, there, was, a, there was a certain part where I slept in and missed a Saturday, which is the the big Monday days in a week for driving a cab are Friday and Saturday. Bar scene. Of course. And I was like, all right, this doesn't matter. So I calmed down from that. But at any rate, um, at some point, that led to me meeting a comedian. And she was like, you should try comedy. And I knew I had a paralyzing stage fright. And I was like, let's take a step back about that. But when I was a kid, comedy was an escape for me. I didn't have to think about the horrible shit that was happening in my life at the time. And then once I got on stage for the first time and I realized that I could give that escape to others, nothing else mattered. So I left uh, driving a cab. I went from, you know, like Friday and Saturday nights, I was making probably $150, $200 a night. Okay. Maybe $300 if it was good or $350. To making like maybe twenty five dollars <throat> and a and a burger, hosting. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes not paid anything, but I knew that there was an apprenticeship to stand up, and I wanted to end that as fast as possible. So I tried to get up as much as possible, especially in the first couple years, to try to end that. But um, so some of the people I've opened up for are like. Uh, uh, Harlan Williams. That's amazing. Dude, I, I will uh, always remember him from Half-Baked. Dude, Orny, <laughs> yes. Orny Adams. Uh, Orny Adams took me to the Palm Beach Improv and got me my first weekend there. Felipe Esparza took Funny me around. guy. He took me around all over the country. When I first saw him on uh, Last Comic Standing, I wasn't a huge fan of him. In fact, I was more of a fan of someone else on the show. Uh, but I've always decided... I want to go decide for myself in person. Like, watch watch someone... Because seeing someone live is different. There's no way to really capture the feel of the room, excuse me, and everything else from a live comedy performance. It just doesn't ever properly translate on, on film. Okay. And I don't know what it is. But uh, there's some magic that's lost. And it, it's... 
It's the connection. It's the human connection that you... It's, it's mm-hmm. no different from when... I remember back when I worked at the Hard Rock, uh, Hard Rock Cafe, many, many years ago. And the big thing that always got me <clears throat> is when that place first opened up, they had live entertainment. All day, every day. There was always a live band. Okay. Because they were such big fans of live music. Always live music. And then they said, hey, it's cheaper for us to just get a DJ. It's cheaper. Yeah. And again, <clears throat> I'm not saying a DJ isn't live entertainment. I'm saying if there was a physical DJ there, spinning the hits, taking the things, that'd be different. A DJ for them was a guy gonna, with a computer who hit play. play and said, "I'm gonna go smoke a, I'm gonna go smoke a, a cigar and uh, drink a beer." It's funny because uh, like Bonkers started because they realized it was cheaper and easier to have a comic than it was to have a band. There wasn't that makes a, sense. there wasn't a break, there wasn't a breakdown at the end of the night. The first comic they hired was uh, Jay Leno. No way. Yep. Oh, no kidding. The very first comic they ever hired, <clears throat> and uh, all he needed was a microphone. So what? What they at the time they were band promoters. The guy who the guy who owns Bonkers was a band promoter. They had a he had a nightclub, and the problem was at the end of the night it took hours to break down the stage, get the drums and all the stuff loaded onto a truck and get it out of there. And if it was just a comic, there was one microphone. And that's all they had to get rid of. So that's that's how Bonkers came to be. So one of the like the first, I guess you'd say, big breaks I ever had uh, was doing a guest spot for John Panette. Mm. And how that came about. Wait, wait, wait. Funny. Refresh everybody's memory. Tell them about Johnny. John Panette <clears throat> is... A, well, he's been around was. since the 90s. He was, he's, he was, at the time I worked for him, he had been doing it for over 30 years. God bless him. His famous bit, which even if you don't, if John Panette doesn't ring a bell, the bit will, was he was a fat guy and he talked about sitting down at a Chinese buffet, all-you-can-eat buffet, pulling the chair up to the buffet, and the guy walking out to him had been like, you've been here four hours, you leave now. <laughs> <laughs> if you type in, you've been here four hours, you eat all our food, go home, it'll yeah. have his entire biography. I love wow. that guy. So, was, we, used to, we used to reference that on the soccer bus in high school, for God's sake. I'm in my 30s. It's one of those bits that even people who didn't know who it came from, they... Uh, they knew they that bit because people would repeat like, it. Like Yakov Smirnov. Yeah. He's got the whole... In uh, Soviet Russia, beer drinks you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but people reference that kind of thing, and they have no idea who he is. Hmm, for, as far as Yakov is concerned. Wasn't that, John on a... Uh, wasn't he on a... Old Brother Arthur? He played uh, that criminal in the movie. Really? I, I'm thinking. I think that might I have be, no I idea. Think I think that's him. That's worth John, looking. did you ever see the movie The Punisher? Yes. Oh, my gosh. The, yes, with I Thomas Jane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. The fat next-door neighbor that that's has the him, wrong, right? That's John. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The guy that sings the, 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 opera. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the very last episode of uh, Seinfeld, the fat guy they make fun of and they get arrested. That was him. <laughs> that's John Panette. Dude. So... Uh, I remember I was dating a comic at the time. I don't want to say who. it's the only time I've ever dated a comic, and she was like three or four years further along than I was. Okay, still is because she started a few years before I did. Of course, uh, she had traveled to Ohio and she met John in Ohio, and she told me about it, and I was greatly excited. One morning, we're laying in bed, and her phone rings. She looks at the phone. It's a number she doesn't have saved. And she hands it to me and says, 
Now she's never done this before. She hands to me and says, I don't recognize this number. Will you answer it for me? Okay. Okay. And I was like, sure. And I answered and I was like, hi, you know, this is so-and-so's phone. How can I help you? And he was like, hi, it's John Panette. Can I please speak to so-and-so? And I was like, <gasps> John Panette. J just a second. Yeah. And I was like, That's I hold the phone. And I'm like, it's John Panette. <laughs> he wants to talk to you. And she was like, oh, is it not? Like, she clearly <laughs> knew. She knew. And she wanted me to hear who it was. I was like, yeah, I'll talk to him. And I passed him the phone. And I... I passed her the phone. It's he like, was I'm like, hurt. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm already busy. sleeping with you. You don't have to impress if me you, any further. If you don't know who John <laughs> Panette is, he was a very clean comedian. Oh. Always, yes. Like, all, all of his famous... He was talking about, towards the end, he was talking about doing uh, an unrated show in Vegas. He wanted to go to Vegas because he, he wanted to unleash and do whatever... He wanted to say whatever the fuck he wanted to say without being censored. So... Uh, he hands the, I hand the phone to her, and I can hear him like, what the fuck was with the cunty attitude over there? Like, not <laughs> wanting to pass you the phone. I was like, I don't have a cunty attitude. Tell him I don't have a cunty attitude. Like, <laughs> and he's like, he's clearly just fucking with me. Yep. Right? Uh, so he asks her to host for him at the improv. When he's coming to town, and she's like, holy shit, yes, I would love to. Of course. So he comes to town. I go meet them on Thursday and watch the show. We walk in, we're sitting in the green room. I am the least experienced person in the room. I'd been doing it maybe a year at the time, so I am super new. And uh, <clears throat> we walk in and he's like, oh, is this cunty attitude? This is really <laughs> attitude. And I was like, I mean, this is like months later, but he remembers this somehow. What a, that's like, a good dude. And that's I awesome. Like, I was like, no, I don't, I don't know, like I am, this is a guy I looked up to forever. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't have a country attitude. Like, why does he think I have a country? I don't. I don't. He's clearly <laughs> fucking with me. Yep. But I'm not. I'm too awestruck yep. of this guy to possibly realize what's happening. And, uh, like, we're, everyone's talking. I'm sitting in the green room being quiet because I don't want to say something that's, you know, I don't want to attempt, yeah, yeah, yeah. attempt to make a joke and ruin the mood because it doesn't land or something like that. So... I'm just sitting back and I wait till there's like a lull in the conversation where there's like a pause. I think I want to go, I just want you to know I don't have a cunty attitude. And he knew right then, like full on yeah. hook of the mouth. And yeah. he was like, I got him. And he just started reeling at me and just poking at me, you know, yelling. That is, that is a loud microphone. That is yeah. the loudest Vespa I've ever seen in my I life. I love it. That, that thing was. As, for as slow as that was, it should not be that loud. Good job for a 300 cc. Yeah. So he starts like poking at me, and I realize immediately like, oh, he's he's fucking he's, with he me. He didn't phone with you. Yeah. Uh, so that night, he was like, he was like, hey man, I want you to come by and do a, a guest spot. Would you do a guest spot this weekend? And my reply was, actually, I got shows out of town Friday and Saturday. I was in Deland. And there was no way that I could make it from my show when it ended to his show. And the reason I said that was, number one, it was true. But number two, I knew I wasn't good enough to do a guest spot in front of John Aww. Bennett. Oh, man. I knew, as I as performers, we were self-deprecating. Yeah, we? I knew mm. I wasn't good enough. And uh, he was like, what about Sunday? And I said, well, I don't... I don't have a reason to say no to that. And he's like, perfect, you'll be here Sunday. And I was like, shit. So now <laughs> all the rest of the night 
Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday up to the show, the only thing I'm thinking about is, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm not 100% clean at the time. I'm not dirty. Like I never, I never talked about sex, but I knew I cursed. In fact, my funniest joke at the time, I said, fucking. And I was like, I was like oh man, this is a guy who's squeaky clean. Like, what the fuck do I do? And, Still from Jim Gaffigan. Uh, no. <laughs> I've never, or... I've never, never done anything like that. But, uh, there was, uh. Or Brian Reagan. I, a, a buddy of mine came to the show and I told him my fears and he said, listen, he invited you to do a guest spot. Do your best stuff. He didn't give, he knows you're new. He doesn't give a fuck. Do whatever your funniest five minutes are and leave it at that. And I was like, okay, fine. That's I was I was excited. I was like, yes, this is great. And I ran back into the green room to tell my girlfriend I figured out what I'm gonna do for my five minutes. Cause she knew I was stressing about it. And when I ran in, it was like right before showtime, and John was suddenly there. Cause I couldn't talk to him about it beforehand. <clears throat> I ran in the green room going, I know what I'm gonna do. And he was like, Oh great, what are you gonna do? And I was like, Oh, okay, uh, so I, I was just going to do my best five minutes, but I got this one joke where I say, fuck, that's really funny. I can take the fuck out. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, if you're going to say fuck, say fuck, but only do it once. He's like, if you change it to something else, everyone's going to know that you were, you changed it and it's not going to land. Hmm. He's like, oh. just don't go up there and say it a ton of times, you yeah. know, but say it once. <clears throat> and the joke I used to open with, it was terrible uh, but what I would do is I would look for an attractive guy sitting with an attractive woman in the crowd and the joke was I would say I have the hair of a scientist like if I had a clipboard and a lab coat you would believe any test result I gave you <laughs> and I, would, I would point at the uh, I used to have this whole thing about Doc Brown. I don't remember what it was. Like Great Scott. <laughs> something about driving a DeLorean. I don't remember. But I remember I used to point at the, the guy with the hot date and go like, says here you got the gay. And then make fun of his <laughs> shirt or something. And I remember just once someone, they made a face. You could tell they were embarrassed or upset no. by me saying it. And I was like, I never want to have that experience again. But so this particular time, the, the crowd that used to go see John was very diverse. But on a Sunday night, I learned two things. People come there early, and uh, it can tend to be very conservative, older people, and also anyone who is in the industry that can't come the rest of the weekend comes that night. It's the whole reason I was there, because I was working elsewhere. Of course. So there were... Uh, there was another famous comedian that happened to be in the crowd that watched me, and uh, she, it was Mary Ellen Hooper. No kidding. Wow. So Mary Ellen Hooper watched, and she, like, I've talked to her over the years about that. So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I went up there, there's nothing but old people in the front of the room. And I'm like, I have to do this joke, there's no hot, there's no way. There's no, hey, there's no, said the F word. there's no, what do you there's, say? There's no young, attractive guy with a young, attractive woman sitting up front. It doesn't exist. Are, are you in the villages? People. There's got to be one 80-year-old so with a 14-year-old. A buddy of mine. How are you, Shunny? My, my friend who was like, he was my mentor at the time that was at the bar. I went and talked to him. And he gave me a great line. I went back 
Uh, I open up the joke, the the set with that joke, knowing full well it wasn't gonna do well, and it tanked. Oh, for a uh -oh. solid like 30 to 40 seconds of the beginning of my set. Like people were on board when I said that I had the hair of a scientist. They were fine, and then I called an old, absolutely adorable old couple. I said the guy looked like he had the gay. Please tell me he's a Vietnam War vet. Oh <laughs> my god! Like, yeah, probably. Who oh, knows? Oh no! Uh, ah damn! So the whole crowd, like you could feel like a vacuum. Everyone tightened up, and I I finished the whole joke to utter silence of people like horrified by what they were saying. The manager of the improv standing in the back of the room holding her mouth, going like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, and then I walk back over to the couple and I say, listen, I have to apologize to you. Normally, when I do that joke, I look for a young, attractive couple that's not gonna be worried about anything I say. Uh, but apparently we're accepting coupons to Golden Corral in this bitch tonight. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> the whole place exploded well and lost their mind. Which proves that improv yeah. comedy will forever so, trump every other form of comedy. Uh, That's very true. But then I proceeded, the whole rest of my set was fine, because they knew I wasn't there trying to demoralize or... Offend or anybody. Yeah! I, my ent I, like I said, my whole reason for doing this is I want to up, you know, give everyone else an escape. So, from then on, mostly what I've done is self-deprecating humor, and I, one of the biggest bookers in the country told me he thinks I'm too self-deprecating. I've actually gotten that note, which I, I have to wonder what, because I, I make fun of myself first before I make fun of anyone else. Good Because I feel like that's important. Of course. Uh, but, uh, so, I tell you that John Panette story to tell you I got to host on a whole weekend with him. Right? Wow. Uh, it was the first weekend I ever got at the Improv. Uh, a guy named Gary Mankey used to book it. And he he booked me uh, probably 10 or 12 times. And every time I drove out there and got to the show to find out I wasn't working. Oh, shit. Wow. So that happened 10 or 12 times. He couldn't, because he booked himself on the show instead. Uh -huh. He couldn't do that with John Panette because John Panette hated him. Oh. Uh, no. When when my girlfriend at the time first met John Panette in Ohio, she walked into the room and she's like, "Hi, I'm a comic from Orlando." And he was like, "Oh, you're from Orlando? So you know Gary Mankey?" She was like, "Yeah." He was like, "We could tell him he can go fuck himself." Wow. Damn. First words out of his mouth. Damn. And she's like, "Well, I would if he would answer my calls." And he's like, "Well, he'll answer mine." And she's like, "Yeah, because you're." You're fucking John Panette. Yeah, of course. Everyone won't answer your <laughs> phone call. So, uh, so he couldn't book himself on the show. He wasn't even allowed in the building. Damn. Damn. When John Panette was there, he hated him so much. The reason he hated him is because he knew that he fucked over comics like that. So, Ooh. John John was the first guy to ever pay me more than the venue was paying me. He said, you can't live off what they're paying you. He more than doubled my pay, which the Improv is one of the better paying venues. To, to uh, host for a weekend is $50 a show. There's six shows, it's $300 to work for a weekend. Plus they give you food. So I think, I think with- Good him, food too. I think, yeah, it's great food. Food, beer, whatever you drink, eat, as long as you don't Go, go crazy. Go crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, pouring you, a $20 if go, steak. If you do, no, they're, they're fine with that. I mean, it's actually, if, I, I played there before. If you, yeah, if, okay. you, if you do go crazy, they'll never say anything to you. They just might not book you 
again, or maybe yeah. not as much. They'll be like, yeah, this guy costs us a lot of money every time we book him. Uh, but John Panette, I think, paid me six fifty or seven hundred. That's interesting. Uh, for that weekend, I think it was six fifty. Nice. He pulled it out of his own pay, and he was like, make certain they get more. He did the same. He doubled more than doubled my pay, and he more than doubled the feature's pay. Nice. Wow. So. Uh, that weekend, there was another comic, he was an open micer, that showed up Friday night, before the first show, walked into the green room, and this particular open micer was not good. He was very bad at the time. He's gotten somewhat better. I'm not certain he does comedy anymore. Uh, for a while, he blamed me for this, and I've oh. since talked to him about it and told him what happened. Uh, so... <clears throat> I'm, before a show, I get crazy nervous. I get you. That's everybody. Like I told you, I had a paralyzing stage fright. So I would like pace. I'm going over my set, terrified I'm going to forget something or whatever. Just worried they're going to like me. Whatever. As soon as I get the first laugh, I calm down. And I become more me on stage. Uh, but as I'm pacing, going over my stuff, you know, talking to myself, whatever, uh, I turn around and look up. And he is just standing in the doorway, staring at John, who's sitting in a chair. Like, looming in the doorway in a very creepy fashion. Wow. And at that moment, John looks up and sees him and goes, Ugh! And he's like, hi! All right. And he was like, oh! Like, he, like in a daze, the guy's like, oh, um, uh, hi, you know. He's an older guy. He's like, hi, I'm a comic from New York. I'm retired now. Now, what he meant by that is he's retired from his older job. And he's trying comedy now. Okay. What it sounded to John Panette is, I've been doing comedy for 30 years. I'm now a retired comic okay. from New York. Mm -hmm. So in John's mind, he misled himself. And he's like, hey, I want to do a guest spot. And John's like, it's a Friday night. We got two shows. He's like, Sunday. And John's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Come back Sunday. And he's like, all right. And he shakes his hand and walks out. And I'm just like, uh. And John looks at me and goes, you know that guy? And I'm like, yeah, and he's like, is he good? And I'm like, eh, no. And he's like, well, why didn't you say anything? Not so much. Like, I said, John, you gave me a guest spot when I had first started. I was a year in. You knew I was bad. I knew I wasn't that good. How hypocritical would it have been for me to be like, hey, you shouldn't give that guy a guest spot because he's not that good. Interesting. He sucks. How, how hypocritical would that be? I said, I did well despite my material that night. And... Here we are now. He's like, okay. So since I said that, John went around and he asked every single person, all the people that staff that worked there, hey, do you know that guy? And they were like, yeah. And like, is any good? No, he's terrible. God, he's the best. And so he found out the truth that he's not a comic, that he's not very good, and that he had basically lied. Okay. Uh, or misled himself. Whether yeah. he meant to or not, he misled himself to John Panette. Wow. And so John was mad. There were a couple other weird things that happened that weekend. Like, someone sent him a letter saying that uh, they had, like, a terminal disease and wanted to talk to him. Oh, and, no. And uh, so he let him into the green room. And he wasn't meeting anyone that weekend because his throat was all fucked up. Uh -huh. uh, and they showed him a picture. Like, when I walked in the green room, I saw them showing him something on their phone. And he leans back going, why would you show me that? And they're just all laughing. I was the only one who went out and greeted 
the audience. Okay. So I was coming in late to this. Uh, he was like, why the fuck would you show me that? And they're just laughing hysterically and they walked out. And what he told me they showed him was a picture of a toilet overflowing with, sh- with shit. Ew. Ew. And I was like, he, he said, why the fuck would anyone show me that? And I said, I think the only thing that makes sense to me is after a show, people come up and tell you crazy jokes typically street jokes that are horribly racist or something because they want to make you laugh Uh and they think that this is the most extreme joke that because you've heard it all they think this is what's going to make you laugh that had to have been their A material they thought that was going to be what was going to send you they just wanted absolutely not people are crazy so he, he over the course of the weekend he had a bunch of people coming into the green room just walking in so uh he had told, when he was leaving, he had told the improv, I don't think I can come back because it's not safe. So for a long time, for like a couple of years after that, they hired like sheriffs and whatnot to stand at the door to the back to stop people from walking in there. Right across from laser tag. <laughs> yeah, the laser tag's not there anymore. But so, so what ended up happening with that guest spot guy, he showed up, he brought a camera and he set it up on the back table before the show started to film his no. set because he wanted to show everyone that he opened for John Panette. And I went and picked up John and I told him his camera on the back and he's like, this fucker wants to say he opened for me. That's what he's, that's what he's doing. Yep. And when we got there, the show sold out. Every single seat was taken. So at some point, someone walked into the green room and be like, hey, someone needs to remove this camera, that's, we need this table. Whose camera is this? And it turned out to be the guest spot guy. Mind you, the guy walked up, he was trying to say thank you to John for giving him a guest spot, and John didn't want to talk to him. He's like, he's like don't, like, the guy cornered John when he was trying to get away from him, and John was like, you fucking lied to me. He's like, you lied to me. You told me you were a, a comic from New York uh, that, you know, had retired. You don't do what we do. He's like, do you want to see a clip? He's like, no. He's like, you don't, you don't do what we do. You don't go out there and do this every night. You misled yourself to try to get a guest. You're doing a guest spot. Because I'm a man of my word. I'm keeping that. But just know, I know you lied to me. And I don't like that. So It's amazing for people to get to people as high on the food chain as him. Well, He's out of the kindness of his heart. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to give you the time you want to try and make this happen for someone to lie. And ch- it's... It's offensive, man. It's well, a he, shame. He, you're not supposed to walk into the green room and ask comics like that <laughs> for a guest spot because they right. don't know who you are. That's the reason that rule exists. Right. Like, he asked me to do one, whereas this guy asked John to do one. Uh, but that's the key difference there. But so the guy went up. I was hosting. My set went great, right. which is not good for him because then he has to follow you follow it mm-hmm. and, uh, and I knew even what I was at the time I was I mean I wasn't spectacular but I did I did really fucking well that show and he got up there mind you he's already rattled because John yelled at him so you got to start a show on something you're already not that great at when you just got rattled because you're idle just scolded you, you. Yeah. Of course. So he got up there. He's clearly f- rattled. He got up there and he was bombing. And then he started talking about how he had just had surgery. And he lifted his shirt and he's showing a surgery 
a wet bandage. Yeah. That response is how the whole crowd went. They're like, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, I look at John and I go, do you want me to do more time before I bring up the feature to like level the room out? And he's like, no, nah, just bring her right up. And I was like, okay. And Are he, you sure? He bombed, he bombed terribly. And I went up there and I brought her right up. And it took her a few minutes to... Get the audience back to normal? Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, we all just witnessed a horrifying moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think the... So, John complained about it to the owner who banned that guy from the improv. So, that guy for a while thought it was me who had somehow spoken poorly of him and, you know, told on him for lying or whatever. And it wasn't. Like, I, I had to sit him down. This was years later. I sat him down and was like, no, man, here's what happened. Like, I told him my story of doing my first guest spot, and I told him how I told John, like, it wouldn't be fair for me to be like, you can't have that guy on because, like, he did the same. He did that courtesy yeah. for me. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, he fucking crazy it, as dude, it is it's it's one of those things where john in, john died like maybe six months after that he, really I, I gave him a t-shirt i was i was featuring at the time i gave him a t-shirt that i was selling in 3x and he was like listen this is very nice of you i don't wear t-shirts and i was i was like near tears if if not actually crying i'm like dude i think it would be absolutely terrible if you never came back here i think that's i promise you they will beef up security he's like it's just not safe He's like, he's like, you know, when you reach this level of fame, you, you end up getting some crazy. People. I've ha- I've had stalkers. I'm not even that famous. Like he is. I get it. But I, yeah. I, dude, I had right. someone figure out where my house is and show up at seven in the morning, knock on the door. For what? Just to say hey? They no. They they were they had gone homeless at the time. They were at the end of their rope. Somehow they had. I guess from pictures I'd posted or YouTube videos or something, they had looked at the scenery figured out where I lived and knocked on the door. Good lord. Uh, like they had, they were sending me weird messages like don't kill me, I can't die and just random stuff that didn't make any sense. So I get it. If I've had that experience at this level, I can't imagine when you're at John's level. It's like, when, when some of the people I've hung out with and I've been very fortunate with my line of work, who I hang out with and then of course with me over at the, um, when I was at the Hard Rock for a while I've hung out with the entire cast of Harry Potter, you know, and at one time, uh, James Phelps, uh, one of the Weasley twins, he was coming to town and he goes, hey man, can you, do you know anybody who can get me into Disney? And I was like, yeah, I do, I actually have a buddy who can get you into Disney. Went to Disney for the day, everywhere we went, it was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And I felt bad because it was just him and his girlfriend trying to enjoy their day. And I was trying to give them this amazing day, but they got hassled everywhere to the point where I had to take them to restaurants I didn't even want to take them to. Yeah, when, when I when I hung out with the uh, the Waynes brothers, Sean oh and Marlon. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't imagine. They, they used to wear sunglasses and hoodies everywhere. And the reason was two things. Number one, it made it more difficult for people to recognize them. And number two, uh, Sean, more so than Marlon, was worried that someone would take a picture of him when his eyes were half closed. Like in the middle of a blink, yeah, or something, and then post that on like TMZ, going, uh, Sean Wayne's was like high, a, high and drunk yeah. out of his mind in public. He said because that's what they do. Yep. Yeah. And so if you take 
if you're wearing sunglasses, no one is ever uh, going to capture you when you're in some sort of compromising. It's uh, brilliant. It's uh, yeah. It's turned into like people like Casey Neistat do that on YouTube now. They always yeah. wear sunglasses, and a lot of vloggers wear sunglasses, and it stemmed from stuff like that. Amazing. <clears throat> but it's it's it, it's like everywhere I went with Harlan Williams, uh, people would slowly start to go. Is that the guy? Like we went for breakfast one day, and uh, at like like an Einstein's Bagel or Dunkin' Donuts or something. And we ordered our food, and they were like typing into the computer, and they're like, "And your name?" And we said it kind of like that, like, "So what is your name?" Like waiting for him to say Harland, and I think he said James or something. They like, gave him a fake name, <laughs> and uh, they uh, they're like, you know, they made it look like we know that's not right. Yeah. And so we sat down waiting for our food, and they brought us our food, and the guy who brought us the food was like, "I love what you do, man." He was like, "Thank you." And we turned and looked, and everyone behind the counter and all the other people, like, elbowing each other, going, like, that's fucking him. Yep. And he looked at me and goes, we got to go, man. This, yep. is about, this is about to be a bad scene. It was... Because um, in this day and age, it takes all of about two seconds to, to Google somebody. To post, hey, I'm here, and so-and-so is here, before, like, 100 people show up. Like, every, even right every, here, right now, if we would tweet out, like, oh, my gosh, we're here at Crooked Camera with Freeanimer, anybody who lives in these apartments who's a fan of yours could come and stalk it right now. Probably, That's true. Probably no one, but, you know. Oh, <laughs> <probably> no. <laughs> <laughs> we get two people, I go, hey! We have, yeah, one of my, one of my favorites, I had the day off. One of my favorites is um, Dave Chappelle has a great alias that he stays at hotels under. And my buddy BK used to be the, um, he used to be a receptionist over at the Hard Rock Hotel. And Dave Chappelle, when he stays at a hotel, he checks in under the name of D's Nuts. <laughs> wait, 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 is his first name Bofa? <laughs> no, 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 his name is D's Nuts. Nuts, comma, D's. And um, BK saw the reservation. He goes, you know, they told him, they said, hey, some joker ordered room service under the name of D's Nuts. Ha, ha, ha. He goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, that's Dave Chappelle. And he didn't say it, but he knew it. And he took the cart up the elevator, and he knocks on the door and opens the door. There's his wife, and he goes... Hello, Mrs. Nuts. I'm looking for D's. <laughs> and she covers her mouth and he said in the background, you hear, eh, 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 eh. And, you, and he goes, I could hear him laughing in the background. And he's that like, was funny. Tell him, send it in. And so she's like, I'll take it. Thank you. He's like, wonderful. Have a great day, Mrs. Nuts. And she's like, that's not my real name. And he's like, I figured. Tell Mr. Chappelle. I said, hi. <laughs> and that was it. And he's like, David Chappelle, like that, that was it. You can hear in the background going, eh, 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 eh. That's funny. That's amazing. See, I, so, I, did, I did a joke every once in a while with my buddies. They go, uh, all right, we're, we're going to go bowling. So what's your, what's your name? Bofa. What's your last name? Nuts. No. Bofa D's nuts. <laughs> I, was, I was... Middle name D's. Yep. D's. <laughs> well, this has been an absolutely wonderful afternoon. Yes. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is our bonus episode. This has been an hour with Mr. Adam Murray telling us about the history of comedy through his eyes and how he uh, became the man he is today. It's been wonderful. Adam, thank you so much for yeah. being on the Goof Dog Podcast, man. We would love to have you back, man. Dude, uh, I would love to be back. I got something big coming out this year. Let's hear it. Awesome. I, I, I can't say what it is. Can you tease anything? I, I can't. Oh, I understand. Legally, can't say legally anything. I can't. <laughs> then we're gonna. Uh, we're I've, gonna... I've made some YouTube videos about it that I have scheduled to come out Christmas time. Okay. Only because I don't know when what it is that I filmed is coming out, and I can't release it before. Sometime this year, it's coming out. At the end of 2020. 
some sometime in 2020 is coming out. Well, then I don't know we, what. When so, we know, you'll know. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, where, where are your plugs, man? What can they, what can they, where can they find you? Uh, I mean, you just search at Adam Murray Live. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I've got. A, I'm throwing out a bunch of stuff on YouTube that I, I really like. Like you know. Awesome. Uh, car stuff and like you know gearhead I'm also going to like cool um, like you guys come to this brewery because you can only get it here I oh, go yeah. to a lot of uh, uh, I'm going to a lot of restaurants that you can only find in Orlando oh cool like oh, cool. so so far I've I like gone King to Bao. dude yeah King Bao's uh, that's King one Bao's of the ones dope. I'll probably end up hitting uh, so far I know I've done uh, Maryland fried chicken Oh yeah, that's good. Let's start here in Orlando because of uh, Lockheed Martin. You know where we should go for lunch today? Where? Do you want to go to Four Rivers? Oh, be, let's get some barbecue. Four Rivers. Oh, we're going yes. to Four Rivers for lunch today. Johnny Rivers awesome. is a supporter of everything. Awesome. All right, guys. So uh, on on behalf of the Goof Duck Podcast, my name is Remy. Always with me is the Joy Mazant. What's up, fam? Again, you guys, it's been a you great guys day. can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram for all those awesome Goof Duck Adventures posts. Uh, guys, and uh, we will see you guys soon, and uh, tune in, uh, and you guys have a great day, all right? Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Crooked Can Brewing Company. Their hours of operation is Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Friday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. Their address is 426 West Plant Street, Winter Garden, Florida, 34787. For more information about the brewery and their amazing craft beer selection then call them at 407-395-9520 and check out their website at crookedcan.com. And now let's go back to our program The Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify with Remy and Joey. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Uh, I want to give a, sh- a shout out to Carl, the general manager at the Crooked Can Brewing Company. Uh, and also, I would like to give a, uh, another sh- another shout out to the Adam Murray. Uh, you, guys, you, guys, you guys can find Adam Murray uh, in the Central Florida area, most likely at the Orlando Improv on International Drive. If you hop in Google, you type in Adam Murray Live, Orlando, Adam Murray Live, you'll see him. He's awesome. He looks like the dude who could beat up my dad. He, <laughs> no, 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 you know, you know, I'm going to take it back. He is, uh, he's a, he's a 6'4 Santa Claus. We're, we're just going to call, we'll he's call him that. I'm, so, I'm cool with the 6'4 Santa Claus. There you so. go, 6'4 Santa Claus. <laughs> so we just wanted to say, uh, we came back. Thank you, Carl. Uh, that beer was tremendous. Oh, oh really thank, good. He was yes. good to us, man. Thank you for the hookup. Thank you for the sample, which turned into us buying a round. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a great day, and now uh, nothing says beer like barbecue, which is where we're headed. We're going to yes. go grab ourselves something to eat. It's lunchtime. Um, thank you guys for listening, subscribing, liking, sharing. Um, Adam, please send some love out, man. Again, where can they find you if they want to see more of your wonderful face? Tell Dude, them. I mean, I got my YouTube channel. You can just search on YouTube for Adam Murray, and I'll pop up. Right. Or Instagram, Adam Murray Live. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, either my personal page or my uh, fan page. So, yeah. 
Perfect. Know? So, guys, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to the Goofed Up Podcast. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for being our thank guest so today, man. This is fun. Me, mm, it's been a good Holy time. cow. This All was right. awesome. Well, y'all, it's been a good day, but uh, when push comes to shove, we're getting hungry. So, we yes. Take care. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Goofed Up Podcast right here on Spotify. You guys take care. Have a great day. Have a good day, dudes.